Why is it podcasting, Grandma? Where does it come from? Oh, that's holiday phosphorescence. Everyone, you don't have to hide from me. I'm Thoreau Smiley. I'm your local Avon representative, and I'm as harmless as cherry pie. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and they should call this movie Johnny Deformed. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and the power of Satan is in me. I can feel it. Is your poodle doodled? Would you like us to assign someone to doodle your poodle? I'm Alaric Weber. And this is Holiday Phosphorescence. It is your uh, Christmas journey into Christmas movies. <laughs> but by making it, you, you tried to make it less offensive, and somehow it was more. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> I, I said doodle, not diddle. Okay. Well, I say avoid <laughs> Means the every, same. every week. <laughs> it's the new Shrek. Uh, um, so yeah, usually we watch superhero movies, but it's, uh, the Christmas season. So we're watching Christmas movies and you can help us out if you feel like it. It's brought to us by your, our patrons, patrons like executive producers, Michael Buckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Uh, we put out new, new movie podcasts every month. We put out other ones weekly um patreon.com slash harmless entertainment we'll be putting out a uh patron only jingle all the way episode in uh in it'll, come, it'll be before christmas <laughs> how soon before christmas i refuse to say um definitely stay tuned for that yeah check your tree or podcast service <laughs> yes check your local oh, listings geez. Just open the next box on your Harmless Phosphorescence Advent calendar. <laughs> uh, this week, though, on Holiday Phosphorescence, we are watching Edward Scissorhands. Just come home with me. Joyce, I just saw this strange guy driving with Peg. Did you get a good look at it? Hi! Scissors! Whoa! Like a handshake you got there, Ed. <laughs> Kim, this is Edward who's gonna live with us. Well, this must be quite a change for you, right, Ed? Those things are cool. Can I bring him to show and tell on Monday? He's a highly imaginative character. It seems clear that his awareness of what we call reality is radically underdeveloped. Eddie, you take my very breath away. Do you have a girlfriend? Oh, <laughs> is there some special lady in your life? Hey, full doctor, skewered kid. Just a scratch. The power of Satan is in him. I can feel it. Grab your weapon. 
All along, I felt in my gut there was something wrong with him. From Tim Burton comes the most incredible tale of a most unusual character. Edward Scissorhands. Hold me. Edward Scissorhands. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's that's real Tim Burtony there. Um, yeah. Do you think there was a his, meeting? Go ahead. Is this his most Tim Burton thing? I feel like this is the most Tim Burtony thing he ever did. Um, I'm not sure. It's a fascinating question. I what? mean, he like created this right as like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. All clothes. So, yeah. yeah, he invented the character of Edward Scissorhands himself. Absolutely. But do yeah. you think there was still a meeting where an exec was like, "What's it about? Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> was the exec Edward Scissorhands? First question: How does he pee? <laughs> well, uh, the the first question is: Does he pee? Yeah. Because I have some questions about what he even is. Yeah. Also. Uh, yeah, we'll get. I have those same questions. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this this is he he used his capital from Batman and said, "I'm going to make a Tim Burton thing now." Glad you did. Yeah, no, I this movie is fantastic. <laughs> in, in and a, it's fantastic because there's an awesome van. There in really it. is an awesome van. <laughs> yes. Um, it was released December seventh, a day that will live in infamy, 1990. Um, what happened? <laughs> December seventh, a day that will—it's Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I was thinking of the year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it has a running time of one hundred and five minutes. It cost twenty million dollars, and it made eighty-six million. It was a hit, not Batman-sized hit, but it was okay. profitable. The studios were happy. Oh, hell yeah! Everybody not- saw this movie. Yeah, there isn't a nobody in this movie. No. You know what I mean? There's not. No, and like I said, he used his capital from making, you know, like the biggest movie of the 80s, well, -hmm. since E.T. anyways, um, and with Batman. And so he was like, now I get to do one for me. Yep. And uh, this, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like uh, Edward Scissorhands, Jack Skellington... (laughs) These those are both characters he created from like when he was a teenager and like drawing some poetry. What are the origins of Beetlejuice? Not to go too deep into that. Like, um, was Beetlejuice a character he created, or is I that? A, don't I think so. No. Yeah. I, I mean, don't I think so. I don't one hundred percent know about Beetlejuice. Um, just I mean, Michael, there may have been Michael a co-writer Crichton. or something, but that's I don't think it's based on a. Any source material? Um, not Michael Crichton. <laughs> I know. I was trying to. Fit, I was trying to reckon that in my mind. What does he mean? <laughs> Dino. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I the, 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 oh, genetic... the story was by Michael McDowell and Larry Wilson. No, no. Um, huh? Burton. Burton got given the script to Beetlejuice. It wasn't from him. It was. It was written by a writing team and given to him because they thought it fit with his aesthetic. But he didn't exist outside of that. Yeah, script. yeah, no, no. He was, he, yeah, no. But he wasn't. He wasn't a Tim Burton creation either, though. Yeah, uh, probably he was. No, no, he wasn't. But, I just read that it no, wasn't. No. 
I, no, what I mean is I'm sure they completely created the character, but there's no way that that was on the page. Oh, oh, well, yeah, no, no. The the aesthetic, everything yeah, he brought saw, to it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then uh, what Keaton brought to it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, so anyways. Yes, no, no, I see what you're saying, absolutely. Um, But yeah, uh, so Tim Burton, uh, this was his big, oh, t- this was, what's that? Are you jumping over some? No, no, no. I'm going to get there. Don't worry about it. Ooh, all right. <laughs> this was his big follow-up to Batman. Came out the year after Batman, December 7th, 1990. And that means it's time for us to play the box office top 10 game. What number film was this for him? Do you know? Uh, this was um, his uh, can... fourth fourth film. Pee-wee, okay, okay. Beetlejuice, Batman, and then this one. Okay, Awesome. That's a good run. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was, yeah, he was a very bankable dude at this point. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Now, technically, December 7th, they only released it into two theaters for some reason. <laughs> and then the following, uh, I, I think December 7th was like a Wednesday or something. And then on that Friday, they released it wide. So I'm going to actually do the week after because that's the real release week for it. Okay. But uh, so for those uh, of you keeping track at home. Yeah. So if anyone is looking up box office mojo at home and they're like, you're a lying son of a bitch, Smiley. Yeah, that's why. So um, we're going to go ahead here, jump into the top 10 movies of the week uh, for the week after December 7th, 1990 at number 10. A creature is, stalks the streets of Los Angeles, and only a cop can stop him. Predator 2. Yes. Electric Damn. Boogaloo. Oh. Yeah, Predator 2 is underrated. That's a good movie. Um, okay. Right. At number nine this week. In, <laughs> weird. Oh, okay. Huh. In 1950s Cuba, a professional gambler falls for a woman heavily involved in the revolution. Starring Robert Redford and Lena Olin. Havana Night? A close. Thing in Havana? It's just Havana. (laughs) Just straight up Havana. Yeah. Uh, It's a Sidney Pollock movie. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's. Yeah. Um, at number eight. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Uh, okay. How to even describe this? Um, three ex-dads quickly discover how empty life is without children and go to outrageous lengths in their effort to win back a little girl in this. Three men and a little lady. Yeah. X dads. How do you? How does that work? Yeah. Um. I mean, I thought it was like you know, like the crypts. You're you're in it forever. <laughs> once you have yeah. a kid. Once you have a kid, you have a kid. But I think it's dad. because I think if I remember correctly, in the beginning of this, the mom like took her away from them. At the end, yeah, it was like what's your name, uh, Nancy. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, yeah. did didn't they steal her from like a? Like a department store. No, she, she was delivered she to baby. their doorstep in the first one. 
But no, in this one, this one's crazy because there's like there's like cocaine. It's like a drug, like like um, Central American yeah. drug dealers and stuff. And there's like a whole like crazy plot. It's not just like we are dads and we got a kid. Did Spock direct that one too? I think so. All right. Yeah. Um, three men and a little lady. Now that sounds so disgusting. Yeah, I've seen. I've, that's yeah. I watched that the other day on this website, and it was a little different than I remember. Yeah, forget anything about the movie. The title, the post-internet world. Uh, at number seven, a veteran detective is assigned a partner after his previous partner is killed by a car theft gang. He's determined to apprehend those responsible for his friend's death, but his new partner isn't really up to the task. This this stars Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Tiger blood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, is, it, is it a Dirty Harry? It's not a Dirty Harry, but I mean, it may as well be Dirty Harry gets a new partner. <laughs> I mean, this by- time it's not a monkey. Yeah. Gilgamesh too. Yeah, Charlie is- Sheen plays the orangutan. <laughs> Charlie Sheen as Clyde. It's the third in the any which way trilogy. We we couldn't give co- cocaine to an orangutan, so we gave it to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> any which way but revenge. <laughs> it's called the Rookie. Oh, that's that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recognize I recognize the poster from the VHS box from Blockbuster, yes. but that's about it. Uh, oh, this. Wow. OK. At number six. Um, an unconventional single mother relocates her two daughters to a small Massachusetts town in 1963, where a number of events and relationships both challenge and strengthen their familial bonds. Um, I forgot about this. This also stars Winona Ryder, Bob Hoskins, and Cher. Oh, Mermaids. Mermaids, yeah. I I know I saw it, but I don't really remember anything about it. It's a good one. That's opening this week, too. Big week for Winona Ryder. Um, At number five this week. Oh, there's there's no way. To, okay, you guys are going to get this immediately. After a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan Misery. of Misery. Yep. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, Put you out of your misery. At number four this week. Uh, a lieutenant is assigned to a remote Civil War outpost where he befriends... Local wildlife and some Native Americans. Dances with Wolves. Yes. And Dances with Wolves 2, Way of the Water. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that 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 movie, Avatar 2, it's getting like incredible reviews, and I was like, God damn it, James Cameron, fuck you. I I read that Cameron had eight hundred pages of notes that the writers had to go through before they could even start writing the script. I'm just like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to like have to like, 
I don't want this movie to be good. I want to be able to ignore the Avatar series. He's going to make five of them. Like, he has to make this one good in order to make like, the next one at all. I'm so three I'm so angry that it might be a good movie because I don't want to have to think about Avatar. I'm not seeing that. Ugh. Blah. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> at number three this week. <laughs> I love this description. An artificial man <laughs> leads a solitary life. Then one day, a suburban lady meets him. Eddie. <laughs> yes. Eddie Snips. Edwards, yes. Wait, did they describe him as an artificial man? An artificial man, yes. We'll talk about it. He yeah. is. He is artificial. Yeah. What else he is is kind of fuzzy. Confusing. Yeah. Um, at number two this week. Oh, this is funny. At number two this week. This time, a new baby's on the way, and it's a girl. Look who's talking, too. Yeah, we did look who's talking last week, and this week we got look who's talking, too. Uh, <laughs> was that Roseanne? She was the, the voice of the second baby, wasn't she? I think, I think so. so yeah. Yeah. Um, and number... That's, uh, those are the movie sets where Travolta converted Christie Alley to Scientology. Oh, yay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> like, look who's talking. Tell Ron Hubbard. <laughs> uh, and at number one this week, an eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars. Home Alone. Yeah, and it's 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 been out for five weeks, and it's already yeah. made a hundred million dollars. It's a wow. it's a great movie. I'm yeah, um, yeah, Home Alone. Was a was a like a behemoth that year. I'm, that, that was the word I was. Thinking. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I just didn't need a dramatic. <laughs> okay. I, um, I just saw a post like I think yesterday that said, um, "Remember that Kevin McAllister could have called the police at any time. He was doing that because he wanted to." He wanted to watch them bleed. It was funny to shows violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He woke up and shows violence for sure. But it, he's Bugs Bunny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that's a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know. Yeah, but Bugs got psychopathic sometimes, but uh, he was so funny we forgave it. <laughs> all of those. Yeah, no, no. I keep like, um, I don't know. There's that subreddit like who would win and like all this and like I see posts like about who's the most powerful like fictional. It's Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny's the most powerful fictional character. Yes. Just made me think, who would win, Indiana Jones or Kevin McAllister? Kevin. <laughs> yeah. 85-year-old Indiana Jones. Oh, God. Or MacGyver. He's like, I'm not getting off yeah, my MacGyver's couch. MacGyver's close. MacGyver's close to Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he had to defend his castle. Yeah. Oh, you can't you can't trust the Pope. Although Air Force One was kind of like Home Alone in the air. <laughs> it was. Do we have any pink cans? <laughs> Where are my micro machines? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! <laughs> Get off my sleigh! The president demands we keep fireworks on board. Yeah. In case of hijack. I just want to see Harrison Ford putting on aftershave and going, ah! 
All right, so that is the box office top 10. That brings us to the production of the movie. Edward Scissorhands, as we said, was directed by Tim Burton from an original idea by Tim Burton. He didn't write the script, but um, it's, you know, he wrote the story on which it was based and was very, very involved in the script. Um, Tim Burton, I don't, I, I don't, I feel we talked about him on Batman, but it's been a while. Um, Batman Returns was the last time. But um, so he started as a he went to Caltech. He was part of that animation. Cal, Cal um, Arts. Cal Arts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cal Arts. He was part of that animation school, like where all the animators have gone for like the past 40, 50 years. All the big- Yeah. Walt Disney started Cal Arts. Yeah. It sounds very official and collegiate. But yeah. It was just his own proving ground. Exactly. But yeah, he he was there with John Lasseter, a lot of those young, young dudes right at the beginning. Yeah. So Tim him, Burton had a lot to do behind the scenes of a lot of Disney movies. Right. Well, he got hired by Disney and um, he, it's funny, Fox and the Hound, which is kind of like the last classic Disney movie in a way um, before the yeah. rebirth. I know they had like Aristocats and Black Cauldron in there, but those were both like not, not. Right. Like, you know, but um, he that was what he that was the only Disney film he worked on was Fox and the Hound. He was there with Henry Selleck, who did Nightmare and uh, um, Coraline. Um, uh, And uh, of course, uh, Don Bluth, who um, Fox and the Hound apparently made all of the animators quit Disney because Don Bluth left to do an American Tale and all of those Secret of Nim, American Tale. Um, Tim Burton left to just direct movies. Um, Henry Selleck left to do commercials. He was doing the, you know, the, the California raisins in the eighties before Tim Burton hired him to make nightmare before Christmas. Um, (laughs) that was a good band. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They had soul, (laughs) but, um, of course, you know, Tim Burton, his first big break was, uh, Pee Wee's big adventure. Um, he he made a short, a Frankenweenie short in 1984, and that was like his calling card movie. Um, but then Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and that got him on Beetlejuice, Batman, and then Edward Scissorhands. But then he had that his run continued. He had Batman Returns, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, um, Sleepy Hollow, which is you know it's all right. Sleepy Hollow is interesting, at least. I feel like that was his. F- first one that was like really kind of a not a miss but it was a st- little bit of a stumble mm-hmm. and then planet of the apes <laughs> which <laughs> is a fucking disaster i love how crazy that movie is every time i've watched it it's just i love it i'm like shouting at my tv oh yeah no no if we do the planet of the apes as a series sometimes that's going to be real interesting cuz there's there's three distinct eras of planet of the apes Yep. Um, but yeah, everything like his '90s run was great, and then everything since has been <sighs> hit or miss. Is a is a is a diplomatic way to put it. I feel he has the number one streaming series currently, right now. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching Wednesday. It's pretty good. It's, oh, I yeah. liked it. I watched all of it. Solid. Yeah. No. Um. It's I. I like. 
um, what's her face is great as Wednesday. I feel like the rest of the Adams are. I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, either uh, um, Gomez or Morticia. What's his face? Louise Guzman, and um, yeah, and uh, what's her face? I don't feel like they are good in those roles personally. It's Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine right? Zeta Jones. Yeah, I don't like either of them as Morticia or Gomez. But Wednesday, she's great. That girl's gonna. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, since then, like. God, Ugh, what we've got? Big Fish was all right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was interesting. No. Um, <laughs> Corpse Bride was like, I don't know. I didn't really dig Corpse Bride. Um, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland is where I was like, no, fuck you, Tim Burton. Fuck you. Yeah, both of those are terrible. Yeah. Dark Shadows was terrible. Big eyes I never saw. Oh, that wasn't bad. Huh. That's about uh an artist, right? Yeah. Those uh, they were very popular in the fifties and sixties. Kids with the big like eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I realized that he directed Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Like I remember when that came out. I remember Jude watching it. I don't think I realized that was Tim Burton. Hmm. And then the last movie he made was Dumbo. Uh, I still haven't seen it, but I have uh, heard bad things. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I, I yeah, will not. I haven't see seen it. it either. Yeah, I'm not going to watch Dumbo. I'm not going to watch Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio. Like, I started watching that. It's uncomfortable. I mean, I'll watch these movies. I'm not against watching them, but I'm not in any rush to watch them. Okay. Uh, um, the, the screenplay credit goes for Edward Scissorhands goes to Caroline Thompson. Um, she, uh, she has, she was, that's Danny Elfman's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend, ex-something. I don't know if he's, I don't know if they were ever married, but she was Danny Elfman's, um, lady. She, uh, wrote Edward Scissorhands, The Addams Family, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Um, wow. She, the Secret Garden. Um, she wrote Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, uh, let's see, Corpse Bride. Oh no, she wrote Welcome to Marwin. Oof. Uh, um, so I feel like she should be a name I know with all of those movies. Those right? Are all great. Um, the Adams Family movies. The first Adams Family. Uh, she didn't write the I, second one, but yeah. But still, but those are oh my god! I, that first one. Oh my god! I love them both. I it's in, perfect. In some, in some ways, I think the second one may be better than the first one. Uh, yeah, I like. I love I think values. I like more, yeah. But but the jokes just bam, bam, bam. Good. No, her, I watched right? like a supercut from the first from the Adams Family movies after watching Wednesday, um, and they hold up. Man, those movies are great. Yeah, they are. Um. So yeah, uh, I just this, watched them after I finished Wednesday. Uh, Edward Scissorhands stars Jonathan Depp. <laughs> <laughs> I've renounced winner of a litigation suit. That, that's where yes. he is in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, currently, currently, <laughs> slightly less terrible than a crazy chick he was married to. Yeah. Like he didn't come off well. He just came off as a little less terrible. Um, but, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, his, his first movie was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, oh my God, I forgot he was in Platoon. Um, yeah. I guess I did wow. too. Along with, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, John McGinley. John McGinley. He came from TV, right? What was his? He uh, was 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. But he was in that Street. after Nightmare in Platoon, along with yes. Richard Grieco. <laughs> a little, a little, <laughs> let's not forget Mr. Richard Grieco. <laughs> a little Grieco in the net. Yeah. I, I prefer it, Peter Deloise. <laughs> the, the second best Deloise. Uh, Grieco replaced Depp, right? Oh, is so. that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he became the new Johnny Depp. Huh. Yeah, you can't have that much heat on set. You can't have them both there. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> the camera will a lot ex- of moist panties. The, the camera will just explode. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> like when you would try to record a computer screen. The right. <laughs> uh, right. His um, oh god, yes. Yeah, so, um, his his uh. 90s run early 90s run is real Johnny Deppy. We've got Crybaby, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Benny and June, Dead Man. Oh, Donnie Brasco. That was a that was an interesting movie. Um Fear and Loathing, of course. Um Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Pretty much anything with Tim Burton and Winona Ryder in the 90s. Uh Dead Man by Jim Jarmusch. That's still one of my favorites. That's a Same good movie, here. yeah. And then, of course, Johnny Depp was Captain Jack Sparrow. And all of those terrible fucking 2000s things, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, all all of those terrible fucking movies. Yeah, I mean, he's almost like Tim Burton himself. He's made some great memorable you know movies that we love he's made a lot of stinkers yeah absolutely um as our let's see winona Ryder is kim boggs this is the movie i think this is the movie where they started dating right this was their first movie together i think yeah um yeah <laughs> uh winona Ryder. um her first movie was Lucas, which was one of my uh, Lucas and Rivers Edge are like my wife's two favorite like eighties teen things. Um, <laughs> Rivers Edge is heavy as fuck. I know she digs the dramas. I'm like, I can't watch these all the time. Give me like, give me some like weird science or something. <laughs> well, maybe not weird science these days. Oh no, it's fine. It's not. It is. It's it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Then Heather's of, oh, fucking Heather's. <laughs> I forgot in Great Balls of Fire. She played the 13 year old that Jerry Lee Lewis married. Yeah, she sure did. Uh, have you seen, <laughs> Brian looks amazed. Have you seen? I, d- I don't remember that, but I've seen. Dennis, oh, Den- Dennis Quaid plays years Jerry ago. Lee Lewis. Dennis Quaid is Jerry Lee. Yeah. yeah. And those he, are great. Job. She plays the 13 year old cousin. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, I must have seen that in like '98 or something. I remember Do you when know it, that he and Jimmy Swaggart are cousins. Yeah, I remember you, when Great Balls of Fire came out, and everyone was like, "It's a crazy, wacky like thing <laughs> that happened." We're all cool with Jerry Lee now, right, guys? Right? 
you got in a lot of trouble at the time, but yeah, you're right. But no, that was like the marketing behind the movie. Like it's old news. He's fine now. Marrying your 13 year old cousin. It's cool. Now I'm marrying her. Now it's fine. Because no, it happened then. It, it was a different time. Yeah. Uh, like it was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. He walked so Woody Allen could run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Sorry. No, Woo! Um, Winona Ryder uh, <laughs> played Mina Harker in Bram Stoker's Dracula, a movie that I am determined we will do on this podcast. One oh, day. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, we're I just gonna so. do it, even if it doesn't come up. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking determined. It was it was the like, 30th anniversary of it just a month or two ago. The, uh, the Gary Oldman verse, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the old wow. Okay, so we're gonna do Sid and Nancy, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Bram Stoker's Dracula. I've been trying to get Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead on the True show. Romance. Tr- oh, fucking oh. True Romance. Fifth White Element. Boy Day. <laughs> yeah. Fifth Element. Have we already done Fifth Element? No. We haven't done Fifth but oh my god, I want to do every single one of those movies. The Gary Oldman verse. Oh so. my god, that's gonna yeah. Let's do a <laughs> Gary Oldman miniseries. <laughs> and Peacock has all the old. I mean, sorry, I mean Chicago's. Uh, so, um, yeah, and then of course, Reality Bites. Um, she was oh, and Beetlejuice, of course, was kind of her breakout. But she that's, was one of our Gen X queens. She yes, she made me she realize really do any free Winona. She was my original um, goth girl crush. She was one of the first celebrities that people would wear on a T-shirt and not be merch. Yeah, like yeah, her I can't think of another. Thing was you know was badass to us. Yeah, it was fuck, real. Fuck the man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we don't condone shoplifting, but unless you're a time writer. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> let's see. Um. In the 90s, we condoned it. <laughs> yeah, in the 90s, we condoned a lot. Our of generation, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't like, a lot to do in the 90s. We know who's getting this money. Uh, that guy. Anthony Michael Hall plays uh, Jim. Um, Anthony Michael Hall trying really hard not to be the geek, John Hughes geek kid anymore. Well, well and he looks the lately? damn part. Yeah. Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's this, the suburban, you know, golden boy. Yeah. It's great that he grew shit. out of the nerd into the big beefy jock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, he did that like he he really, really <laughs> like did that on purpose and pushed hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we did see him in the dark night. Um, he was in the dark night. Yeah. Um, oh, and he was just in Halloween Kills. Hmm. Still working. He's the original Rusty Griswold. Yep. Yeah, he is. And Farmer Ted from 16 Gibbs. <laughs> yes. I'm not a real farmer. <laughs> uh, Diane West played Peg. Fucking sorry, Diane. Weast. Diane Weist. Sorry. I, yeah. Diane Weist. Um, Fishborn. <laughs> uh, Diane Weist. Um, I probably... I probably first became aware of her in Woody Allen movies, Hannah and her sisters, radio days. That's where like I knew her from as a child. 
Well, that's where I first saw her, but the first time she stood out was Parenthood. Oh yeah, Parenthood. She was great. She is hilarious in that. Um, yeah, she. Oh, she was uh, the mom in Lost Boys. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, she was in the Birdcage. She was like the mom in the nineties. Like she was everybody's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Footloose. Footloose was like the first big hit she was in. Um, then she did a bunch of Woody Allen stuff. Yeah. And then in the nineties became America's mom. So is she the preacher's wife in Footloose? Or is she? Uh, Evan Bacon's mom. Be more. She played. Let's see. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. It's been a while. No. Um, V Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. She played loose. John Lithgow's wife. Okay. So she <laughs> she also didn't think dancing was no, no, but if you remember at the end, she was like, she was like, Oh, it's not oh. so bad. <laughs> like she was like, like, I'm supporting <laughs> you, honey, but I don't really like think you're right. Yeah, that's true. Um Alan Arkin as Bill Box. <laughs> Fucking Alan Arkin with with that. <laughs> Everyone's wigs. The wig game in this movie was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. He steals the show in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, yes. some Fuck. of the best fucking lines, and the fact that he calls him Ed right off the bat, like he's just another neighbor at the barbecue kind of vibe. Yeah, Hello. absolutely. Um, I fucking love Alan Arkin. Um, he, let's see, he he started off. He was in, um. His career goes so much further back um, than we think. Uh, he was in the Compass Players, or he, he was, was he was in er- Second early- City. Oh, that's what the Compass Players yeah. became. Yeah, so like he was early on architect shit. Yeah, so yeah, he was at he, um, but he was also uh, oh, what the hell were that the the Terriers? He was part of the folk group. Um, the the. New oh, York wow. on the New York folk scene in the uh, early '60s, the Terriers, doing like yeah, you know, right. <laughs> like all of those. Uh, uh, yeah, like Tom Dooley, and Tom Dooley, me, Banana Boat song, all that yeah, shit. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, then he moved to uh, Chicago, um, started you know focusing on acting. Um, but yeah, he was around for a long time. He the started, in-laws, so perfect. Yeah, Peter Falk. Yes. Oh my God. He, he was uh, Inspector Clouseau all the way back in 1968 hmm. in a movie called Inspector Clouseau. Huh. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, Catch-22. Yeah, oh, he was in Catch-22. Yeah. He was great in that. Yeah, yeah he's Usarian. He's so good in that. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, um, we recently in Make Nuts talked about Anthony LaPaglia, and I, I said that I really liked him, and so I, I married an axe murderer. He's mm-hmm. a cop, and Alan Arkin plays his chief, and he's a really sweet, compassionate like guy. But he's trying; he's practicing being the tough captain. And he'll he'll, he'll come back in the room like, "How was that?" <laughs> we saw Alan Arkin in The Rocketeer. We did. It's yes, been a we while. Did. We did. Um, Gross Point Blank. He was fantastic. Yeah, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He was in. Um, oh. oh, that's right. He was in. He was in Mother Night. One of which might be one of the best Vonnegut um, adaptations for it a film. Is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's not a lot of good ones. <laughs> Vincent Price plays the inventor. Um, 
He uh, this, this is his last. He died right? during production of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they got enough film. They did. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we saw it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, he was uh, He was the invisible man. Um, uh, the kids probably know him best as the <laughs> the creepy voice from Thriller. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably where he's reached the most people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, well, I mean, we've. We weren't alive, but I mean, he was a straight up fucking icon. He had Christmas specials every year. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For us growing up, like household name, like. Yeah, he was one of those guys like Boris Karloff or like, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But even uh, more so because he'd pop up in pop culture. He would be on game shows. In the well, because he had that voice. So anytime anyone wanted to hire someone to be creepy, like Vincent he Price. He wrote cookbooks. Did you know that? I didn't. But no, and he was an art collector. His uh, episode of the Muppet Muppets. Oh, that was great. Yes, yeah, classic. So classic. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. He had a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's see. We got, we got our housewives here. Kathy Baker is Joyce. Um, that's the the slutty housewife. Conchata <laughs> Farrell is he- Helen. That's the the. The the uh, the the chubby one, the chubby housewife, Carolyn Aaron as Marge. Um, that was which one was Marge? I don't know the other one. Um, yeah, you could just <laughs> yeah. Um, Dick Anthony Williams as Officer Allen. That's that's the cop who <laughs> wants to save Johnny Depp. Um, and yeah. the Backstreet Boys, Nick Carter as Slip and Slide Kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid that's on the slip and slide. That's Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. <laughs> uh, um, okay. We need to talk about Kevin. Who played him? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't. You uh, know, proud we are of all of them. We, yeah. You know. Um, it was Robert Oliveri. He was the uh, the youngest kid from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he stopped working after Honey, I. Sh- oh no! Wait, his last. Oh my God! His last credit is from 1994's Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, the Disney ride. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. That's about it. Um, I do what I found. Yes, you do. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, uh, um, decided to compare pictures of eighties, Tim Burton with, uh, Neil Gaiman, Robert Smith and Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) They all have the same look. Uh, Yeah. That was a very popular goth dude. Look in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, our generation had weird versions of long hair. Yeah, we did. It's just kind of like there. It just, it just, it just looks like it smells bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Grunge, grunge, grunge hair. Yeah, it it smelled bad. <laughs> the nineties smelled bad. <laughs> they did not quite as bad as the eighties, but still not. They good. didn't. 
They did not smell like teeth. Every time I see a picture, yeah. Every time I see a picture of like brown carpeting and flower flower print couches, I'm like, oh, that smells bad. That smells so bad. Yep. Yeah. Smells like sweaty blue jeans and leather. And smoking in the cigarettes. And cigarettes inside. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Maybe spilled beer. Yeah. Uh, At best. Build everything because it's carpet. Yeah. Like Kool-Aid, it's kind of sticky. Like I don't, in my entire lifetime, my grandmother pretty much lived in the same place and never once was the carpet replaced in my whole lifetime. I I hate carpet. (laughs) Yeah, it's worse. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on from flooring. Yeah. So, all right. Um, This movie was reviewed well. Um, It has 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and... It was reviewed by Siskel and Ebert. Edward Scissorhands is a young man who lives in that bleak gothic castle on top of a mountain and has scissors for hands. He's discovered there one day by the Avon lady, played by Diane Weist in that scene, and she brings him down from the mountain to live in a suburban neighborhood that looks like it was inspired by a comic strip. The neighborhood ladies gossip about the strange new visitor in Edward Scissorhands, which is a weird fantasy by Tim Burton, the man who directed Batman. That little boy was manufactured by a mad scientist up in the castle, played by Vincent Price, who died before he could give him real hands. Everett is played in the film by Johnny Depp, and he falls in love with Diane Weiss' daughter, played by Winona Ryder. Sometimes it seems like she's the only person in the world capable of loving him. Edward Scissorhands is being sold as kind of an offbeat Christmas fable about getting to love people who aren't exactly like you are. But I found the movie perverse and self-indulgent, the kind of project that's supposed to appeal to kids but actually only scares and disturbs them. I wish they devoted a little more love and imagination to the screenplay of this movie, which is a real no-brainer about Winona Ryder's boyfriend developing a grudge against Edward. The movie ends with a fight to the finish where one character dies, and that's how a lot of movies end these days, not with people working out their problems or getting to know each other, but with somebody getting killed and death is the solution. I guess it's easier to write death than dialogue, and so the new motto is, better dead than said. Edward Scissorhands left me depressed and disturbed. It didn't leave me depressed. I didn't think that the film had a, a, a good finish to it. No. Um, it sets up uh, the, this guy in a fabled, interesting world, and then he comes down to this uh, pastel suburban parody, which, of course, we've seen before. Uh, and I think, I, I, at its best, it tries to give us a character I suppose uh, kids can uh, identify with because they always think they're flawed in some way. Yeah. And so his mm-hmm. hands represent the... He's the outsider. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but. All right, that's all set up. It's nicely done. You, you marvel at the way the, uh, Johnny Depp ma- manipulates his hands, and then there's really no payoff. No. There's really no payoff. Well, it's the automatic pilot payoff. You have a bad guy come in who's just hateful yeah. for the convenience of the screenplay, and he starts pushing Edward around, and then they go up back up to the castle, and they have a big fight. That's just, it's just, it shows a complete lack of a desire to really work out this situation and to come up with something creative. Yeah. And, and so many movies these days, I'm serious about this, especially kids' films, are teaching kids that the movie should end with a big fight, and somebody gets killed, yeah. and that's the solution. I didn't really see this as much of a kid film as, as you did. I, I, I mean, I felt this was made for me as much as for 10-year-olds, and I just wish that there had been a third act that was as interesting as the first two. Okay. <laughs> so, apparently, those two guys have never seen Frankenstein. You're right. Exactly. Um, I, do, I do think this, you know, from, from a, like, you know, strictly uh, technical point of view, like, the, the 
the story's got some issues. Like we we introduced the antagonist at the forty minute mark. Like you know, structurally it could use a little tweaking, but it's charming and it's Edward Scissorhands. What the fuck do you want? It's fucking Edward Scissorhands. I mean, I think the script and story is fine. I think that the the homages and inspirations are very apparent. And that could either turn people off or, you know, help you. That's what I mean. It's like, I'm not a genius for seeing Frankenstein or Beauty and the Beast or Phantom of the Opera. There's some elephant man in there. Yeah. Um, And then, like Gene said, then you come down off the mountain and there's some Stepford Wives kind of shit, some Leave it to Beaver, some Petticoat Junction, like what's going on behind the closed doors of suburbia. Yeah. So it's that the themes are very transparent. And that doesn't necessarily make it bad. No, no. I don't. Depressing. <laughs> Apparently, Roger drank himself. <laughs> he was depressed. And, I don't know. disagree, though, with the, the, the statement that, that it could have had a different finale that would have been cre- cre- more creative than a fight in a castle. Yeah. I think story-wise it's flawed, but I I enjoy the themes. I, I do enjoy the themes that you were all just talking about, Josh. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's right. it, it's it is a fable, ultimately, <laughs> although I'm yeah. still unclear as to oh, the, the moral s- how that, snow yeah. was invented. <laughs> is old Winona writer in the future or is that her? In oh, the- I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah the time period of this telling. movie. And like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's no mystery that Tim Burton loves fairy tales. You know, and that's what this is. Sometimes a fairy tale doesn't have a big payoff. But fairy tales are meant to be fantastical. It's so weird that Roger Ebert doesn't understand that that's why we go to movies is to see final showdowns. Like whether it's Gary Cooper and High Noon or it's like, you know, who who wants to see people working out their problems in fantasy? That's what we do in reality. In 1990, that was the first time people came up with killing (laughs) To solve a problem in a movie? Yeah, a climax is supposed to be fantastical. Sometimes it's violent, but yeah. Like, they all should have sat around the cop car and talked. That, that's what would have satisfied this man, apparently. Like, yeah, like, has he like has he never seen a movie before? <laughs> like, right. Or, like I said, one that's fantastical. Yeah, not even fantastical, just any movie <laughs> yeah. that, that involves well, conflict or guns. Well, well I was going to, you know, uh, 12 Angry Men works. Sure. Nobody wants to see that every time. <laughs> Sometimes we want to show that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> Siskel and Ebert. So you you guys ready to go ahead and jump into the movie? Uh, snip, snip. snip. <laughs> Same time. Uh, here we go. This is... Edward Scissorhands. We open with a long credit sequence in black and white, showing some very Tim Burton-y, Danny Elfman-y, Rube Goldberg machine stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we... The same snowy 20th century Fox logo we saw in Batman Returns? Yeah. I think or, or yeah. very similar. Yeah, Batman yeah. Returns is coming later, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they had a real winter... 21st century Fox was all in on winter at this point. Um, they it's don't melancholy. make summertime movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Tim Burton made a bunch of Christmassy stuff here in the early 90s between Nightmare Before Christmas, this one, Batman Returns. White on black. 
Yeah. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. No, no mystery there. Um, so we cut to an old lady. Her old lady, her old lady uh, makeup was pretty damn good for 1990. I thought. Yeah, it was all right. It's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> it is weird. Yeah, it's it's just a really weird ends. thing. Yeah. The, yes, the wraparound storytelling part of this is weird for sure. The weird Princess Bride <laughs> element is I was gonna, weird. I was waiting a second, but yeah. So we're supposed to believe she tells this whole story to her granddaughter, including like the slutty red. Yes. And also like this is how snow was invented. There was no snow prior to 19 whatever the fuck. In that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, I guess Roger was getting popcorn, but it's to establish this is a story. You know? that, yes. It's, it's a fairy tale. Exactly. Yes. That's uh, fair with the book ending aspect of it too. Yeah. Wrapping yeah. it in that. She's telling a story to a kid who's going to bed. Yeah. Which Rod- I Roger. Think to the question of this being a Christmas movie, the, the old lady telling the story makes it a Christmas movie. It's a story about how it snows in West Covina or wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she, uh, yeah, she tells her the story. It was a haunted mansion on the hill a long time ago. An inventor lived there and he, quote, made a man yeah. with long <laughs> legs and a tan. It looks like the mountain that just appeared in Supergirl. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, this, this house is in this neighborhood. It is adjacent to the corner <laughs> Of the suburban neighborhood. Yes. This, yeah, t- ticky-tack suburban mid-century neighborhood. Right. Little boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the giant house on the hill leads to some questions. <laughs> it does. Like, when was this built? <laughs> well, and did he inherit it? Because he goes to the bank to get a loan. They're like, you don't have any collateral. It's like, I literally have the biggest property in town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, yeah, good point. Um, well, and the, the the very nature of the hands themselves, like that was the best you could come up with. You didn't have some clamps around, inventor guy. Yeah, Edward Clamp um, hands just doesn't roll off the tongue. We we do Man see hands. why. Um, it's scissors later. Yeah, well, okay, yes, because he adapted him from a celery cutting machine. <laughs> yeah, which is lettuce. Why why was there a celery cutting a celery, machine in, yeah. in a cookie factory? And why was a cookie factory in the haunted mansion on top of the hill? Oh, was that a cookie factory? He though? was making cookies. It was a mission, oh, I don't think it I don't think it was a cookie factory. Well, I think that he was just well, they mentioned it, it was a labor on. of love, wasn't it? Down or below is it the a, like suburbanites mention it, don't they? About the cookies? Well, no, no. He, uh, Alan Arkin says you can't get paid in cookies because one of the oh. housewives gives Edward cookies. Oh, I thought it was a reference. To that. But it is funny that, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. And he's like, I need a better way to cut celery. He's like, I'm wasting my fucking life. But again, he's making celery. cookies. Like, this okay, is a cookie cookies. conveyor belt, but why? I build a cookie machine. Like, I no, 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 no. Cookies. But why does he have a celery cutting machine for its cookie-making machine? Thoreau. You've never had celery chip cookies? Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like mom <laughs> used is, to make. 
Yeah, I grew up in like Albany. <laughs> I grew up in Albany. We call them steamed been. cookies. <laughs> and if you don't have celery, you can put a little iceberg lettuce in there. <laughs> or, or air. It tastes the same. Water. Yeah. Um, so Ice cube cookie. Celery. Nature's punishment. After we're introduced to Edward, uh, we cut to the suburbs that lie below the hill. We meet Peg. She's the Avon lady going door to door. She doesn't have a lot of luck with her neighbors, so she decides to go up to the old mansion and search how, of new customers. How small <laughs> is this town? Right. Poor, yeah, she'd I never mean, be able to it, get a foothold. Yeah. It looks like about 15 to 20 houses. She's all, to hell with Cookie Kwan. I'm going to hit the west side. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, Cookie, she's got the whole town yeah. locked down. <laughs> Stay away from the west side. Is this town um, officially named suburbia? I mean, it's in the film. I, hmm, I don't know. I don't think they ever mentioned the name of it. Maybe not. Yeah. I think it's West Covina. <laughs> it's Florida or California for sure. Yeah. Um, there is not a single person of color except for the cop. The cop. And there, there is a an African-American girl in the class when he takes him to the uh, sure to the, the show and tell. But yeah, that's it. Two actors I saw. But uh, uh, more to speak to this world. I'm not talking about casting directors. or yeah. Burton, But, you, you know, guys, to speak to this uh, 90s suburbia. Have you guys seen Midnight Mass? No. Did you guys watch that I, on Netflix? Oh, I God, haven't. It's yet. incredible. If you get a chance, watch it, because I thought of that during this. Looking at how small this town is with this spooky thing at the end, Midnight Mass did a really good job of doing that because it's a lighthouse community, like a tiny, tiny, tiny little fishing village. Mm. So you you understand and you accept that size of the town, and it mm -hmm. adds to the claustrophobia. This just felt like the furthest edge of the suburbs in whatever valley in yeah. California. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's definitely trying to make it. I mean, because the, the, it's little boxes. The song, yeah, literally, literally. But uh, pink one, blue one, yellow makes one. me think of weeds. Yeah, use that as the intro. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and he's clearly trying to set it in a sort of fantastical nowhere time and place, just yes. mid-century-ish, because there's like there's a mix of '50s, '60s, '70s, '80s tech around, yeah. like, and styles. Perfect for telling a story. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like a bondage Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Goth Wes yeah. Anderson. Yes. Good way to put it. Um, yeah. So uh, the yard's full of topiary animals when she gets up to the mansion. Um, and she goes inside and upstairs in the attic, she finds Edward. He has scissor hands. <laughs> That's kind of his deal. I love Roger's pitch. explanation. Yeah. That sentence. Avon lady. Goes upstairs. He has scissor hands. Not I did, hand scissors. I did notice that. Right. <laughs> That's a good Not hand scissors. I did notice <laughs> that this movie is 70% Johnny hand Depp scissors. doing bits. <laughs> like, it's got about 20 minutes of plot, and the rest is just Johnny Depp doing doing bits. And mugging, walking around mugging real weird. To the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, literally... At one point, we paused it at 40 minutes and realized absolutely nothing had happened yet other than him coming down and doing bits and right. meeting people. Making a dopey face, getting real doe-eyed, whispering. Trying, trying to assimilate. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so she feels bad for him. Um, he's scarred up from his scissor hands. <laughs> he seems pretty helpless. The scissor hands are kind of the defining feature of this character. Um, <laughs> they did not shy away from the scissor hands. No. They kind of <laughs> featured the scissor hands. <laughs> his disability. Not only do they take up more than half of the title, they take up more than half of the movie. It's much, yeah, much better than like Johnny Rake legs. Right. And it, it might explain, Mr. Ebert, it might explain why there wasn't a big uh, powwow at the end where everyone sat down and discussed their problems. <laughs> it's about this artificial tinker toy man. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? You gave me an idea for, you know how this movie should have concluded? He should have been running and he should have fallen. <laughs> and the moral of the story <laughs> is don't run with scissors or hands. <laughs> or hand scissors, like out. So yeah. Um, on the drive back to her house, all the local housewives see her with Edward in her car, and she becomes the topic of all the local hot goss. Um, wait, she did she drive just around the corner? Because they drive just, a lot. They do a lot of driving. Scene. They're yeah. just driving around the little set, right? But I think oh, that wait. speaks. I think that's all Tim Burton's design of You know, everyone has a car to go two miles. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's that, they're status symbols. They're to be seen like the lawns and the houses. Well, yeah, yeah. and that suburban thing. No Sorry. one can walk anywhere anymore because everything's too far to walk, but you also only are going to drive a little bit. The right. contrast is really interesting between Edward's house on the hill and this tiny little spot. Because without it, that would have been really spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 town, the little town itself. Oh yeah, but because we were introduced to an actual spooky house with spooky shaped windows, and also the interior of that building is like fifteen feet, twenty feet high. Huge, yeah. yeah. So um, it makes that less spooky. But that's the commentary on is that it's weird. The whole cookie I cutter think, vibe yeah. is weird. Yeah, developers it's- developers bought all the property around it. They couldn't buy that. And so, yeah, there's that spooky presence that everyone sort of ignores. That's why it's a, it's a, it's notable. She decides to go up there. To well, sell I, Nobody's gone up there. I found it interesting. It's so mid 20th century vibe, all of it. And it's so a world that doesn't exist anymore because like he's really well, making never. a commentary about like that, like suburban nightmare thing. Um where like the moms stay at home all day and they're bored. They've got nothing to do. The ga- dads go to Daddy. work. They all come home at the same time. And this world does not exist anymore. It it stopped existing. It ever did. Yeah, it stopped. It like the whole suburban like nuclear family really around the time this movie came out was just falling to pieces. Well, it was idealized even at the time. Fucking again, the boomers in their instant nostalgia. But it was mm. white flight. It was white flight. It wasn't some sort of like idyllic um, evolution in society. Right. It no. was there are too many people of color in this city. Right. It was white flight and unfettered capitalism. We have yeah. car makers that are doing booming business. We have contractors who want to build these houses and want to build these roads out to the right. houses to yes. make a lot of money. Sitcoms, sitcoms made it idyllic and nostalgic. There was never really this time. Yeah. Or neighbors. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the barbecues, the block parties. Like, that was not common. No, no. And all pop, that. Pop and, culture and, wanted us to think they were. And again, it's like, you know, it, it, it in large parts, it like, I don't want to say ruined our society, but it was a blight for sure. Because like we were talking about, you can't walk anywhere. There's no mixed urban area. There's nowhere. Right. There's no town center. You can't walk down to it. It ruined small towns. And there's no wilderness, you know. Yeah. When I was a kid, you could go into the desert, into the woods. You you could explore. There's none of that anymore. No. There's your neighbor's backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't. It it destroyed main streets. It destroyed walkable um, mixed urban areas. Um, so yeah, <laughs> fuck you, twentieth century, um, American twentieth century white flight. Yeah, the late 1900s, yeah. which is when we were born. Um, so, anyways, uh, she get, takes him home. She shows him pictures of her family, husband, son, and her daughter Kim. Uh, Edward thinks Winona Ryder in a terrible blonde wig is pretty cute. Um, I mean, <laughs> I I think she's pretty cute too. But that introducing wig. him to the family through pictures is really weird. Yeah. It's a very Tim Burton thing to do also. Yeah, there's a little bit of a distance in everything he does between the characters and the story and like the characters emotions like like that that tweenness he has, that Wes Anderson style tweenness he has create creates some distance in the characters emotional journeys. Well, yeah, and it's it's an alien world to him. He he's not a, a man that this inventor turned in to a creature. Right. He's completely constructed. Yeah. They, they they say that. I mean, his heart and his brain—they're tinkers, toys. Well, okay, and we get okay. I I'll wait, I guess I'll wait till we get there because there is a scene yeah, yeah. There that are technically other... kind of explains it, ish. Okay. Yeah. We'll but um. So all right. Uh, let's see. Kim's out camping with her boyfriend and friends for the weekend. Um, Peg gives Edward some clothes. Um, he's got to smell terrible. He's got to smell just terrible. He's only wearing leather, and those clothes just go over the leather thing. That is right. maybe they, his body. They were made onto him. Yeah. That's why it's funny that put on clothes. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, the inventor gave him sweat glands beforehand. I mean, of course. I mean, oh, he has course. skin. He has he's human skin. There. Like... I don't know. Uh, yeah, he has pores. Yeah, yeah. He his scars heal. He bleeds. So he, is, he is flesh and blood. Yeah, he's weird. <laughs> what he is is weird. Whatever it is. Um. So uh, and he probably smells. I think there's no escaping that. You're right. Just looking at him, dude stinks. Yeah. Uh. So uh, despite getting trapped in the uh, the shirt. Like he was able to get his hands through those sleeves, almost yeah. all the way. Without Did you see how was... how giant those sleeves that they put on that shirt were? Though yes. <laughs> it was one of the funniest, <laughs> most obvious things. Steve ever. Martin's pajamas, yeah. <laughs> Just gigantic, like size forty, like fifty waist around sleeves. Yeah, um, I didn't. It is funny that the whole time he's constantly twiddling his his scissor fingers because <laughs> i just if they weren't scissors he'd just be like <laughs> doing this all just the time nervous movement just holding like yes. t-rex mr ar- burns body language yeah exactly <laughs> very mr burns body language kind of floating all over the place too uh, 
So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp does some bits. She tries to cover up his scars with some makeup. Doesn't have a whole lot of luck there. Um, that night, all the suburban husbands come home from work. Um, Peg and Edward have dinner with the family. We meet uh, her husband, Bill. Um, there's some more scissor hands bits. Then, the next day, Edward... It's, it's interesting that they both work. Yeah. This seems a little bit early, I think, for them both to be like working in this idyllic place. It's interesting. Anyways, they seem to be different than a lot of their neighbors. Yeah. You know what I mean? They more seem more real and compassionate. Modern, yeah. And less, adapted to less catty. Or, yeah. or maybe they don't make as much. Do you know? You know? Mm. Like, yeah, we never find out. We never find out what Bill does, but it doesn't really matter. Because, yeah, Bill is. She's not just, a kept woman like all of her contemporary, her peers. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, you know, not to make the Simpsons comparison because it's obvious, but they are very, they're just slightly weird to everyone else. Mm. Yeah. And I think that makes people like them less because they are not as concerned with all that stuff. I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it's a cool characterization to make them just very normal. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Like there's no evil in this family at all. Mm-mm. No, they're all like just the kid. The kid's indifferent. That's the worst thing about it. Oh, and Winona is not as accepting in the beginning because she was scared. Yeah, and she <laughs> she has bad taste in men. Let's face it. Yeah. Neither oh, yeah, Edward yeah. nor the other dude are like good you know, boyfriends. But Bill explains the teenage girl. <laughs> it's glands. I, I think sleeping on a waterbed. She's not getting good sleep. You know. I'm, I'm concerned about yeah. everybody's backs with all these water beds. I hate it. What the fuck? I, I don't understand that. Trend. Just the sound drives. I me slept crazy. on a water bed for. I've slept on one. No, I I owned a water bed. My I that was my bed for probably ten years. Wild. <laughs> my my parents got me a water bed. Didn't ask. They just put it in. Um. So okay, this is a I'm weird sure question. I never thought we'd get here. Uh, and this is really personal throw. So do you ever pee your pants because you were sleeping on a waterbed? Because no. you heard the sound of water? No, no. that I never did that. That mm. shit was fucking cold <laughs> in the winter, though. It wasn't a heated waterbed. And like... Oh, yeah. yeah. What the hell, man? Yeah. In the summer, it was yeah. fine. But in the winter, it was chilly. And I'd put blankets down under the sheets to like keep, yeah. keep me up off of the actual like like plastic of the waterbed. Did you um, start singing sea shanties in your sleep? No, <laughs> I mean, but I would. I would sometimes just start oh, rocking it back and forth, like especially as yeah, a kid. I could not. It was there. I still had it in my teen years. You, Al, Al, Al and Josh, you both encountered yeah. it at some point. <laughs> wow, I had to have. Yeah, really limits your dating options. You can't. You can't see anybody who has. Well, okay, you know. Um, all right. Full, <laughs> full disclosure: I did lose my virginity on that waterbed. Uh, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be like fucking a so hammock or something. Another you, another personal you question. Your... Did she have tools for hands? <laughs> she, <laughs> she had spoons. She was a spoon hand. <laughs> she was a. <laughs> she was a spoon As hand. If it was like ginger. This is like a yeah, like a, the population is a spoon hand. Federally Look. recognized disability. <laughs> She, well, she was a student. <laughs> Bro, that's not the proper nomenclature. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
so insensitive thrill. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, a, a, a spoon, a spoon American. The spoon two movement is not happy with you. <laughs> well, and you know when you have when you have tools for hands, they change your name. So, she, 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 so she she was Chrissy Spoon Hands. Yeah, got a new name. It's like when you confirmation in the Catholic Church, you take on a spiritual name. Uh, like Christy Spoon Hands. Is that can we get more movies in the Tools for Hands universe? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that genre of film. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, the next day, Edward makes their bushes into topiary dinosaurs. Um he he really likes dinosaurs. He does a lot of dinosaurs. And I kept looking every time we were in the mansion. I never saw pictures of dinosaurs. I'm unclear on how he knows what dinosaurs look like. I think the inventor had a library. We just oh, didn't see it. No, he did have books, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But he how can't he turns read. pages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he can't read. <laughs> uh, well, and, you know. Pictures. Dinosaur pictures. There's not a lot of stories dinosaurs have told. <laughs> As as far as every time we see the inventor talking to the original scissor hands invention, that guy never shuts the hell up. He probably just kept talking about dinosaurs and whatever mm, came across his mind. Yeah. Yeah. In between hits from his opium pipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm gonna make? I'm gonna make a fucking dude with scissor hands. Fuck I'm, yeah. I, I'm tired of chopping celery. You know, no, he had the celery chopper, right? Okay, so fine. So he makes a celery chopper for whatever reason. He makes a conveyor belt celery chopper machine. And then he looks at that and he's like, you know what that needs? To be fucking sentient. <laughs> I want to talk to it. it. Is that his only, do we think this is his only sentient creation? Or do you think they have escaped <laughs> this is a universe waiting was, was, was the brave little toaster a sequel to edward scissorhands rebecca vacuum wife <laughs> sounds like a jane austen novel Va- vacuum wife it sounds like like a uh a, a fucking like bravo um reality show like this is my sister vacuum wife <laughs> Um, okay. So, um, the local crazy Christian lady shows up and screams about Edward being evil. Then the local housewife, her name's Esmeralda, which is interesting because that's the female character in the hunchback of Notre Dame, which again, another, yeah. Another one about a dude. Yeah. Another one with that theme. Yeah. Um, then the local housewives show up and talk Peg into throwing a barbecue that afternoon as a way for them to meet Edward. Um, um so that dude in his Parisian night suit, <laughs> fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> the jumpsuit with the bell. Oh yeah, look like he's an Abba. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, Abba Zabba the kids. So then Edward helps Peg cook. We get a flashback of the scientist. He has a uh, he, he made cookies and celery, and then turned the celery machine into a sentient person. So we see we see a flipping like they flip through pages of like his notebook as we just pan past it, and we see the different stages of Edward. And the final stage was supposed to be him being fully human, 
and we mm-hmm. see a brief illustration of what's inside him. And it's part machine, but then an actual human human organs and a human brain. So he somewhere got these human parts to put into this thing and wrapped it in human skin. Even though there's still mechanical stuff going on inside it. It's yeah. it's a cyborg. He is a cyborg. <laughs> is what Edward He actually says. does look like the uh the Borg. He does. <laughs> he, look does. Like the Borg. he does look like Oh my god. <laughs> what if all the Borg heads is her heads? <laughs> I mean, they might just be the evolutionary, you know, endpoint of Edward Scissorhands. No, of Scissorhands. They, they have phaser hands. Yeah, that's true. Scissor hands are not nearly well, as you, functional it, as spoon if you're, hands. That's if you're born with tool. spoon hands, eventually, yeah. as you grow, once you hit puberty. And also, you can see that all of those scissor hands are like made from like actual like scissors, like they're, they're scissor style, like the kind that you hold and big scissors. Yeah, on gardening shears. Those are some giant scissors. scissors. Those are some really big scissors. On Dude's there. probably got jacked shoulders from keeping his hands out like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and wiggling his constantly like wiggling his piano. fingers. <laughs> well, like just Michael laying McDonald's in bed like this, wiggling his fingers. <laughs> yeah, every time he lays in bed, he's just like his arms are all the way up to his face. What's funny? You gotta have the, a hedgehog on his bed because he's only half of the star. The scissor hands are the other half. The technological feat that is his scissor hands. Yeah, what's funny is our cat <laughs> lays like that too. <laughs> so after last night, I was starting to call her Kitty Scissor Hands because <laughs> she just lays like that with her paws, <laughs> like yeah. that. That's how she sleeps. And uh, she has claws. Yeah, she? yeah, she's a little Scissor Hands. Oh, so um, all right, he's a big hit at the barbecue. Um, then uh, Kim that night returns early from camping. We meet her boyfriend and friends. When she goes in to sleep, she gets startled by Edward, who's sleeping in her bed. So do we know why this character had to be removed from the first like, act of the movie to be introduced later on at wall camping? Hmm. Uh, I mean... Question, let's see. Again, it, we're almost halfway through the movie when her and Anthony Michael Hall show up. It seems weird. It seems like they they got halfway through introducing this character and they were like, we need to put young people in this movie or something. Well, I mean, like it it makes sense in a way of like, oh, she gets surprised by this. That she has to adjust to it. She wasn't part of like the original thing. But it also then feels like maybe that first 40 minutes should have been 15 minutes <laughs> instead I mean, what maybe to build up the uh, you know image in Edwards, but yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Hmm. Um, because yeah, we're almost halfway through the movie, and really nothing's happened other than Diane Weiss taking him down to the house. And because uh, this is the first time that she's been around, and by the end of the movie, she loves this scissor hands. <laughs> <laughs> this scissor hands. Scissor hands. Scissor hands. Is that a pejorative if I say it like that? You feel like Throw did. She is a spoon hand. 
<laughs> He's a scissor hands. Yeah, you can't say A. <sighs> so, um, yeah, uh, then dad gives Edward a drink. He gets drunk. Next day, he's hungover. Uh, little brother Kevin takes Edward to school for show and tell. Uh, the family has dinner with Kim's boyfriend and friend. Um, Edward <laughs> has trouble fitting in. Uh, Bill, <laughs> the dad, thinks Edward should start charging the neighbors for making the hedge sculptures. Then, the next day, Edward gives a dog a haircut, and everyone loves it. Yep. At this He's, point, it becomes a children's book. Yeah. It, it really is. Yes, it has yeah. that same sort of, and then this happened, and then this happened, that children's <laughs> stories have. Mm-hmm. Which, this, not a complaint. I love this part of this movie. This is one of my favorite, like, sequences. No. Yeah. I think, I think if you remember that it's a grandma telling a story to a kid, Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love this movie. (laughs) Like, finding, like, nitpicking it is because we're doing a podcast. But yeah, yeah, watching it for a podcast, I just wound up with so many questions. So many. Why is he scissor hands and not interchangeable tool hands? Yes. Why did. Maybe the inventor hadn't killed anybody? Because because he was a celery cutting machine to start with. (laughs) Hey, Siri. Cut some celery. <laughs> what is my purpose? <laughs> you cut celery. Cut some celery. Check it out. <laughs> Siri did just look up celery. No, anytime I say Sorry. the G word in my house followed by anything, it's like, okay, I'll tell you about that. The G word being uh, uh, Yeah, except I've been painting recently and, and I'm like, Siri, change the song or skip song. It totally ignores me. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. When but it was just like, I, here's what I found on celery. <laughs> uh, so um, then Joyce, the neighborhood slut, asked him to cut her hair. Again, grandma went to a lot of depth. Oh, she yes. is married. They're all married. She's a harlot, yeah. a wanton woman, a trollop. Well, we see her flirting with the plumber. Yeah, the oven repair guy or the oven repair dish dishwasher repair guy. Oh, dish I know because here. guys, you've got to clean out the food trap in your dishwasher. If not, you're just putting food back all over your clean dishes. You're just gonna have a guy come to the house, and, and then get, he's not gonna fuck, he's not gonna fuck you even if you want him to. <laughs> just gonna judge you on your dishwasher. It's a whole drink. thing. It's a whole thing. But I thought it was funny. She was trying to be sexy while he literally was cleaning like old food bits out of her dishwasher. Yeah. Like, that's not a sexy situation, lady. She's, yeah, she's always trying to do it in awkward situations. Yeah. But she's always doing it. Um, so, yeah, uh, she asked him to cut her hair, and all the housewives then want their hair cut. Uh, Dr. Seuss style. Yeah, yeah. Sometime later... Yeah, there is a serious Dr. Seuss vibe with the, the people in this town being like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say lemmings because that's not no, a Seuss the, thing. Well, like, the Who's. The who's yeah. Who's very, they, very Dr. They all Seuss-y. queue up and follow each other blindly. The, Gr- the Grinch lives on the mountain above town. And yeah, and, and the haircuts look very Who-like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Um, sometime later, Edward uh, helps Kim and Jim 
Their names were Kim and Jim, Winona Ryder and Anthony Michael Hall, into her house when she forgot her keys by picking the lock. Um, then he goes on a talk show, and Kim Kim's starting to warm up to him. This is such a 90s thing. Yeah. Mm. Having your character in your movie go on a talk show. Yeah. It reminds me of the Watchmen scene where he does that. Yeah, absolutely. Going on a talk show was... That's, that's how a person had their 15 minutes in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's going viral. Yeah, you go on a talk show. Oprah exactly. or Ricky Lake, if you're lucky, Oprah. It's, otherwise, it's going to be like Ricky Lake or Maury or... or Jerry Springer Jerry Sp- or Sally Jesse Raphael. In the 80s, it was... Phil- Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, in the 80s, it was Donahue. Donahue. Um, oh, Sally Jesse? Sally Jesse. Yep, Sally... Yep. Um, so uh, later, Joyce shows Edward a salon where he can become a professional hairstylist. She tries to seduce Edward, and he runs away. Um, Joyce lies to the neighborhood ladies, telling them that he tried to rape her. Uh, then Peg takes Edward to the bank to get a loan. But the bank denies him his loan as he has no credit or a social security. Well, no social security number. They do say get a social security number first. But yes, yeah, the collateral also no is, credit. Yeah. Buy a car. Yeah. Yeah. The buy a car. How's he, he going to buy a car? But yeah, or drive a car. <laughs> but yeah, he owns this humongous property in a house. He does, which again is. Is he a person? Can a non-human person become a citizen? Well, yeah. I mean, what I, he is. This is like Supreme Court case level implications. Yes, yes. He's certainly sentient, but like, can my sentient <laughs> yeah. celery cutting machine he's a, he's become at least, a licensed voter? Like, he's at least octopus or crow <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> He can put the blocks in the hole correctly. So. Yeah, he can mimic speech and get himself out of things. Man, Edward or Octopus in. hands, though. <laughs> no, sure. there's some Japanese cartoons about that. Yeah, I'm, sure it's, yeah. I'm sure it's on the internet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then Jim. Can- Edward Cthulhu hands. <laughs> we have little beaks in the palms. Yep. Yeah. Edward. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there's. I don't I don't recommend you look them up, but there are definitely some Japanese cartoons about it. <laughs> um, so Jim convinces Kim to use Edward to break into his parents' house to steal stuff so they can buy a van. But they have had his had own a, van, yeah. Oh, he wanted his own van. That's his friend's van. Yeah, he wants That's his own van. Denny's. And apparently his parents are real hard asses. Um yeah. His dad keeps a conversation pit room locked up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. When, even when is his dad in organized crime? Because that's when Edward got in there. Like. I was like, "What were you going to steal?" There's nothing valuable in that room. Yeah, he had a Mickey a, Mantle trading card or something. Yeah, maybe. But also, like, why not have the safe in your room? Like those those pits were designed for socializing. Yes, keeps it behind a lock. But door. also, like this. I guess he's a teenager, so whatever. Teenagers are stupid. But, like, this plan was terrible. Like, you suddenly show up with a van. You don't think your hard-ass dad who won't let you in the house if you get home too late is not going to ask where you got the money for the van? Yeah. My question is, how do those scissors 
open anything, any door. Yes, that's not is how that the answer work. as to how he's been he getting in and out of open. doors. Is he's like, well, he can't turn a doorknob, but he can pick a lock with scissors. Like, mm. yeah, that's not how lock picking works. Like, it is actually a little bit of a delicate thing. You can't just stick scissors in there because otherwise, anyone could take a pair of scissors and stick them in a lock. I was going to say, if you want to destroy the lock, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. But if you're okay. being sneakily. Is he magic? I That's mean. The next, next question, because he can just pick any lock with any one of those gigantic steel scissors. Yeah. I think, like you said, a children's story. Yeah. Whatever's convenient. Yeah. But I'm just going to say magic. He's oh, magical yeah. technology. Fantastical. Yeah. So when he breaks he, in, the burglar alarm goes off. Uh, Jim flees, uh, taking Kim with him against her will. Uh, Edward gets arrested. Um, the police uh, have him under some psychological observation. Uh, the psychologist says that he doesn't have any sense of reality or right and wrong. Um, Edward does not rat out his his cohorts because uh, he knows that snitches get scissored <laughs> it's stabbed right in the fucking heart by edward scissor hands yeah because he is a cold-blooded killer um yeah. he's, so he's he's all about the streets this story is being told by grandma winona yeah right? uh-huh. mm-hmm. grandma kim yeah she knows about the allegations from the uh sexy street lady um, she knows how DTF she is, and she wants her granddaughter to know. <laughs> yeah. But also, she shares his jailhouse experience and the prognosis by the jail she psychologist. Does. I do have to yeah, say, she's omnipotent. I do have to say that um, I was disappointed because this was not the kind of scissoring I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm glad it was you, not me. But Someone had to do it at some point. <laughs> yeah. so. Yes, I love it. Um, so, our Edward um, goes back home, but the neighborhood ladies shun him now. Um, Diane Weist gets a lot of haircuts. Uh, Christmas. Christmas arrives. It's a Christmas movie now. Um and Edward carves an ice sculpture, uh, making it snow as the he ice shavings float into the air. Angel, yes, a giant angel ice sculpture. I think it's supposed to, you know, be look like Winona Ryder. Where do you get the ice? I have yeah, to. Did they order it? I have from to assume like an ice that company. It's, it's not to, cold where they are. No, it's not. I have to assume that they ordered a twenty-foot tall block of ice. <laughs> Everyone licked the ice. Well, I don't know if you guys have ever there, seen. There was those, a party coming up. Those big ice carvings. They they you buy them in like giant chunks that yeah, you can stack yeah. up, and you see it later where he's cutting through it. But that's so much ice. That's a that's lot a, of ice. That is a refrigerator truck full of. I ice. mean, they, somebody, somebody I, they like Al said, here. they do have the big party, so I guess they have to assume they wanted an ice sculpture for the party. But that's a really, really big ice sculpture for that for for a suburban Christmas party. Or it was just uh, help yourself to the ice. You know, <laughs> if you need something for your drink, just carve it off with an ice pick. You remember the nineties, <laughs> right? The freezer was broken. Like Homer's giant pile of sugar. <laughs> it's warm outside. That's all I'm saying. It is. They're in Southern California, probably. 
or Florida. Like I yeah. said, yeah. Yeah. So um because um Alan Arkin Bill is putting fake snow on his Group. Right. Yes. And it doesn't snow there. And she's telling the story of why it snows <laughs> in this warm climate. But I like I like Al's scenario where it was just, you know, free use ice because they didn't plan on quickly shredding it because it's also the speed that makes it snowy. Yes. He's doing it really fast. <laughs> so all these suburbanites. Because he has many wiggly fingers. To put it on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, um, yeah, uh, so Kim is twirling in the snow when Jim arrives and he gets mad and he, Edward accidentally cuts Kim's hand. Jim accuses Edward of hurting her. Um, uh, Bill, Bill is the worst dad ever. He is on the roof. Yeah, and his daughter's boyfriend is physically assaulting a their guest and b his daughter. Yeah, and and he's just like singing he, and stapling. He's singing and snow s- and stapling <laughs> foam to his his roof. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he had ears, he would hear the commotion and be like, "Hey, cut that shit out." He never once tells anyone to cut that shit out. No, and he should, but you know, he's Alan Arkin. Um, so yeah, um. She uh, mouthed Alan Arkin. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Alan liberal Alan, Alan Arkins. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. She breaks up with Jim um, and Edward runs away, destroying his works um, and the bathroom. <laughs> uh, then Kim's parents Oh no! That yeah no. He he runs away and sits down and finds the dog who he cuts gives bangs. He gives the dog bangs, um, which cuts was the hair out of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's just a good guy. He's helping out the. <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> he, the he's well, an all right cutting, guy. The scissor hand. Cutting the bangs <laughs> is a metaphor. It's what you do when you're feeling dramatic. Cutting the dog's <laughs> bangs. You know the old saying when you cut the dog's bangs. It's like jumping the shark. Cutting the dog's <laughs> yeah. bangs. Um, he did uh, slash a tire and carve a demonic hedge in Esmeralda's front window. That's right. Yeah, yeah he used Christmas fun. lights to give it spooky eyes. There, there are moments that are really Nightmare Before Christmassy in in this. Just little shots like that one, like the way he like zoomed in on it. Like it, yeah. Um. So and when you you push the gentle giant too far. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the parents go out to find Edward. She stays there in case he comes back or they make her stay anyways. Um, Edward comes back home. He finds her there. She asks him to hold her, but he can't. (laughs) This is the longest pause in film history. (laughs) I love you. Hold me. I can't. God, I just I I watched it twice. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Did they think this was better because they dragged it out so long? Well, alrighty. <laughs> just stab her in the heart. <laughs> Scissor her. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. 
So, and so they all got together yeah. and talked through their problems. <laughs> Gary Coleman and the Simpsons talked through the night. <laughs> yes. Want to come to our house for Christmas? He doesn't even get to eat Christmas dinner anywhere. You yeah. don't see him open presents. I'm just saying that's that's the version Roger Ebert wanted. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Jim and his friend are getting drunk. They drive home to Kim's house and nearly run over her brother, Kevin. Do they intentionally try to kill this kid? No, he was drunk. He was like, I don't feel so good. And he was like, you better drive or else. Because he swerves into this kid. Yeah, it seems like it. They were swerving all over lawns. Yeah, knocking down um, the bushes. Causing a hubbub. Uh, so, yeah. Hooligans. Yeah, he's a real tough guy. And did you notice his leather jacket said mom and dad on each yes. side? <laughs> he's just sitting in the back of that van. He's ordering Denny around. But he's, he's a tough guy. And his jacket says mom and dad. <laughs> mom, that's what he calls his fist. <laughs> it's, it's all it's time to meet the parents <laughs> Just like Ben Stiller you're gonna meet the parents mom dad um so yeah uh, Edward pushes Kevin out of the way but he cuts him on accident everybody runs out and sees and they think Edward's attacking him um so then Jim attacks Edward Edward defends himself he cuts Jim's arm and then runs away back to the mansion uh, Kim runs after Edward. Jim gets a gun and follows in the mansion. Jim ambushes Edwards. They fight. Hang on. We- uh, I liked uh, the officer. Uh, officer Allen was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, like they chase him to the mansion on the hill. And yeah. Down at the bottom. He, he just shoots his gun up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Says go on run and turns around like he's he, this cop understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy just needs to be left alone. Yeah, but uh, also don't shoot your gun straight up into the air. <laughs> Bullets come down. <laughs> they do come down. But yeah, one of the few displays of compassion in the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This I'm yeah, just like, this cop is yeah, one of the done. few. It's over. Yeah, he just didn't want to do the paperwork. He does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. He was like, I already had to <laughs> fill up Scissorhands paperwork once. It's a mess. Like I, can only, I can only shoot so many bullets before I have to do paperwork. <laughs> One in the air. It's, it's that's no paperwork. You know, if he if he has to shoot a scissor hands, yeah, give him like a leg. A lot of paperwork. Yeah. Um, after Jim assaults Kim, uh, Edward gets real mad and stabs him with his scissor hands and pushes him out the window. Jim is dead. He's it wasn't dead. enough to stab him in the heart with his scissor hands. He had to push this man out a window. No. Yeah. He wanted to make oh, sure that motherfucker was dead. I mean, did anyone notice that Tim Burton's last movie sort of climaxed in an attic type belfry? Pushing people out a window? Yeah. <laughs> hey. What's you know, up with that? I liked that. I like that. I like pushing people out of windows from attic fights. From attic type fights with moonlight. Beaming in. Yeah. Um, guys. If it, if it ain't broke. Yeah. Guys like dressed. the celery slicer. Guys dressed all in black, pushing other people out of windows of attics. Is this how the crow ended also? <laughs> I don't it's, know. How a, it's how a crow ended. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, Falling off a roof. I, you know, the crow might have been improved if he had crow hands. <laughs> Edward. Johnny Crow hands. 
Every finger was a crow beak. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Just talk and breathe and bottle caps. Yeah. <laughs> Some people believe that scissor hands will Some people believe. <laughs> um so our uh, uh yeah, so Kim tells Edward she loves him and kisses him. Um, then she goes out and tells the neighbors that he's dead. Don't look for the body. And don't don't take Jim's body back either for a proper burial. <laughs> Leave it <laughs> oh, here. Edward's upstairs going, I got me some hands. Well, no <laughs> one goes on that it. property ever. So no one's ever going to find that skeleton no. or evidence no. that uh, Edward scissors. Yeah, because <laughs> he belongs to the earth. Yeah, because Jim's laying there dead and they're yeah. like, well, I guess it's over. Let's go home. Like, yeah. The ants. And the crows will take care of his body. <laughs> or Ed chopped him up for mulch for the, the shrubs. Yeah. He stole his hands. So uh, I thought the in, the first time that we see the garden mm-hmm. in the in the mansion, because it ends on the garden, right, with the snow and all yeah. that stuff. I think that was like a final thing that they added in. I don't know if that was a set that they had built at the beginning. Because hmm. I think that was to show that he had been gardening afterwards but they added it because it was such a cool set piece hmm. that was just my my hmm. take on that because it was weird that we didn't see him really tending to that garden much well and it, it was dark but it seemed as though it had gone to um not disuse to seed to gone to collect seed. yeah because he had been down in their world and so the, the beautiful things he created had fucking died while he was giving horny housewives haircuts. Horny housewife haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> on Bravo. <laughs> on Bravo. You know, it, this is interesting because we're, we're kind of at the tail end of everything. When he was on TV, somebody asked him, or somebody says, I know a doctor who can help you with that. And I'd love to talk to them about this. Yeah. And then we never get that resolved. No. And that person was like, he I was lying. Like, I just wanted to be I on actually, TV. I actually like having scissor hands, you know? Yeah. That would have been that much better a, than leaving it unresolved. That was a three-beat as well, because um, Peg said it, and one of the neighbors said it at the barbecue, and then this lady on the talk show. Maybe uh, Jim's dad was the scissors doctor, because it's a small town. Maybe he was, you know, in Bermuda. <laughs> I'd just like to see him go into a doctor and be like, yeah, that's a case of scissor hands, all right. <laughs> I've seen the spoon hand, but um, textbook. Well, and it's very interesting because they're all fascinated with him because of this deformity or oddity. They're like Al said, constantly suggesting he become normal hand hands. Yeah. Edward hand hands. hands. Edward hand hands. Does he does he drop the scissor hands? Name if he loses the second name. <laughs> no, no, no. Edward no, no, no. That's just a happy accident. That's a familial name. <laughs> <laughs> His parents were also scissor hands. That was the brand of the celery cutting machine. <laughs> scissor hands. Norma and and, <laughs> and Fred Doug and Deborah. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to the grandma telling the story. She says she never saw Edward again, so that Edward would remember her as she was in her youth. Um, like that little boy was me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they get the really clear linger on her face long enough to realize it's her. Yeah. 
And she's that's why it snows, because he's still up there making ice sculptures. Where does he get the ice? I was going to say, yeah, shipments of ice. That was an unanswered question, um, but I'm wondering, um, is there an operational ice block machine up in the mansion? Oh, it's probably where they keep the bodies on ice. It's so Edward It's Edward Ice Machine Hands is up there with him. No, I'm with Al. The inventor first made the cellar machine. He was like, uh, okay, I don't know why. You know, like, I, I could do it, but I don't need that much celery. What <laughs> do I true. need? Ice. If, he, if he made a cookie cutting machine, and then machine, he, made he a definitely sentient, made an ice yeah, machine. Yeah, then he made a sentient ice-making machine <laughs> with ice makers for hands. <laughs> It's obvious. Kevin, it's right ice there, maker it's hands. right there in front of us all along. <laughs> Just shooting ice out of your heart. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Do you think he experimented with, like, feet? You know? You know like, broom foot. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley broom feet. <laughs> well, he had the, the cookie cutter feet robots. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget them. Yeah, cookie cutter feet. John cookie cutter feet. Oh my god. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's Edward Scissor hands. Uh Johnny Snowshoes. <laughs> we got <laughs> The irony is he lives in a place that never snows. Yeah. Uh what <laughs> what other unanswered questions we got, guys? Do you think he um, ever experimented with like a combustion engine hands, like chainsaw hands, or like jet ski feet? I think he died before. Dude, he dude's really watching this it. anime called Chainsaw Man, where the dude has a chainsaw for a head. Huh. Oh, <laughs> it's just his. That head. reminds me of what was that cartoon, Assy McGee, where it was just an ass holding a gun. Oh God, it was a cop. I don't know. That's the whole premise, though. Um. <laughs> Just people with things gonna... for things. <laughs> <laughs> stuff for things and things for stuff. There are so many good ideas that don't get made, but <laughs> ass cop and chainsaw person. Yeah. Greenlit. Go, do it. Yeah. Thank you. For I love it. That's in the movie. You know, Jordan Peele's Gremlins, too. Yeah. I got to say, this is a weird fucking movie for the guy that made the biggest movie of the year last year to make, and then it's a hit. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a very odd, singular movie. No one else but Tim Burton ever would have made this. Do you think he had a, a butt and a tackle? I don't think so. I think he was a Ken doll. I think he had scissors down there. <laughs> but but he could like fall in love with Monona and sort of like find Well, her. because he has but a, no rumblings in his swimsuit they, area. They have So he has they, a heart. They had to scissor. They literally had to scissor. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean cuz the clothes I feel were part of his body, right? He wasn't wearing right. that stuff. That was like Yeah. He his his yeah, outer he shell. Take them on and off, yeah. So, was the moral that, like, you can still love people that destroy everything they touch? No. The mor- that, like, I mean, the moral is, like, like the, the thing that makes... The, your curse may actually be your the thing that makes you special. I mean, that's the, the yeah. basic moral. Yeah. <laughs> or you can never fuck the guy with scissors for hands. <laughs> well, yeah, there's also that. That was what I took away from That's it. the that cautionary was, tale. I was yeah. She tells her granddaughter. Don't, don't let the guy with scissor hands get to second base. <laughs> 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 definitely. Definitely throw him out at first. Yeah. 
you think heavy petting is where it's going to stop. Next thing you know, you're in the ER. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Edwards is, I haven't watched this in a while, so it was fun. Go yeah. It was fun to watch it. Um, I don't know. I remastered, Disney-fied, whatever. It looked very bright and uh, clear. It was nice. Yeah. Was, I, this, was this always Disney? Yes. Yes. This was always a Disney film. Yeah. Tim Burton was working for Disney in the 90s. Post-Batman, he made Disney this movies. Um, Buena Vista. I think, it was, I think it was released yeah, under Buena Vista, right. but yeah. Buena Vista was the... You're muted. Al you're, Al, you're muted. This was 20th Century Fox. Oh, that's right. Oh, and now, now Disney owns Fox. Okay. So this Nightmare. Original. Nightmare okay. was definitely Disney, though. That was... That was Buena Pee Wee was Warner Brothers. Yeah. I know Night. Batman I, was Warner Brothers. I guess course. I'm just thinking of Nightmare because that was absolutely Disney. So is Edward Scissorhands a Disney princess? Lives in a <laughs> castle? Yep. Yeah. I think that, that tracks. I want to know why I didn't see <laughs> Edward Scissorhands at Disneyland. <laughs> you make sushi out of air. Oh, this was come- a little bit of a Beauty and the Beast story where yes. the Beast doesn't become human at the end yeah why did no one put corks on the scissors yeah that would have solved a lot of things like just sheathing them putting like wrap them in pretty leather or something steve martin's cork on the floor yeah keep him from stabbing himself with the eye and dirty breath yeah they could have done a number of things to make the scissors safer to be around (laughs) yeah their best solution is give them human hands and that's where it stops I got nothing. I got nothing else. <laughs> I mean, How do you make a blade not threatening? Can he so feel? Can he <laughs> feel in those scissor hands? Like, does he have tactile sensation? I, I, he, they kind I, of I imply that he's scissors. trying to pick up a, a key. That's true. He he is pretty dexterous with those gigantic he, scissors. He wiggles them a right. lot. There's, is, are there nerves in those? I don't know. Um. I guess we'll never. We won't. Is, is he more man or more scissors? He's more scissors now than man. <laughs> twisted more and evil. Scissors than man. We can't make you better. We have the technology. <laughs> Please don't give me scissors for hands. I'm going to yell that before I go into surgery. If <laughs> Ten scissors, one man. <laughs> Finals. Somebody brought a spoon to a knife fight. Two scissors, one. I don't know. Anyway. Heart. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, guys? I wish one of them were pinking shears. <laughs> the crimp, the little like yeah. crimp. <laughs> so. uh, no, no, it's a charming little movie. I think it accomplishes what he's trying to do. Absolutely. And you know, I was going to say they, they they missed the opportunity for Anthony Michael Hall to come at him with a rock. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. They mentioned <laughs> rock, a... paper, scissors earlier, but you're but right. But they call it scissors, paper, stone. The fuck That's is that? The That's fuck what is Ed that? Calls it. It's something. Oh. It's Edward's confusion. Anthony Michael Hall should have come with the big rock, and Winona Ryder should have put a piece of paper in his paper. <laughs> Good old rock. Nothing beats that. <laughs> uh, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. Worst movie ever. So, gay five stars. So that's it for Edward Scissorhands, um, which means it's time to talk about next week in our final, final uh, 
holiday phosphorescence, not counting the monthly movie, which will be Jingle All the Way. Um, but our final main feed holiday phosphorescence movie next week is going to be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, wow. Nice. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it a lot. <laughs> that's why I picked it. Um, so that's going to be next week on Holiday Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate you. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I'd like you to remember me as I was when I was young. Not like this. I'm Josh Cece, and this holiday season, remember to donate to Spoon Hands. Children with spoon hands. That's right. Go on. Get out of here. Run. I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber, and I got a heck of a handshake. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. How does he pee, though? <laughs>